Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for this time that you have gathered us here. Fill our hearts with your love, your joy, and your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. So since the beginning of the year, I have lost 20 pounds. Don't worry, I found it again. <laughs> Especially in the last few weeks where I went on a cruise and then on a mission trip, uh, it, it seemed to somewhere just come to me. And I got to tell you, if one more person tells me that men lose weight easier than women, I might just throw something at them. Um, because it's hard. You know, I have stood up here several times and talked to y'all about a, a weight loss journey. And usually I'm telling you about at, at the start of one, you know, like, hey, I'm going to be doing this and I need your support. And, you know, great. But you know something? It's hard. I mean, why, why did our Heavenly Father make cake and casserole so delicious, so heavenly, and, and then, you know, vegetables taste like vegetables? <laughs> I mean, why is that? It's, it's so much easier to, to gain weight than it is to lose it. You know, you, you work and you work and you work to lose weight, and then you look at a piece of pie and boom, it's all back. I mean... Why does it have to be that hard? I mean, you know, I mean, usually I'm excited about this, but right now I did, made the mistake of stepping on the scale this morning, and I just feel depressed and defeated and devastated. You know, why does it have to be so difficult? But I guess that's a lot of things in life, right? I mean, have you ever trained for anything? You know, I've been, I've been training for, for weight loss. In fact, it's not like I sit around and do nothing. You know, um, I, I, in fact, I go to the gym six days a week. It's true, six days a week. And you know what that's resulted in? Now, granted, I am the strongest I've ever been in my entire life, bar none. However, this is still here. And, oh, I ended up having knee surgery. Uh, that was fun. Oh, and the last two days I spent in bed because I hurt my back. So, yeah, this is great. Um, let's just keep on going with this, right? Because apparently it's 80% diet and 20% other things. 80% diet. That's the hard part. You know, I mean, why does it have to be so hard? But, I mean, have you ever trained for a marathon? I haven't either because that's crazy. But I hear it's really hard. But, you know, any sports that you're training for, it's, it's challenging, and you get hurt, and there's setbacks along the way. But it's not just physical things, is it? I mean, look, education, it's not exactly an easy thing for us to do. I mean, it, it should be because everybody has to do it. But it's not, even for the smartest among us, there's still things you got to deal with. you got to deal with all kinds of mounds of homework and difficult tests and papers and bad teachers sometimes along the way, even though there's a lot of great ones out there. It's still hard. Or, or what about getting a job or, or having a job? You know, you, you work, you go through your whole education and, and then you go out to find one and, and there's none to be found. Or you get one and then you got to deal with coworkers and bosses and and un, unreasonable expectations. Or, or what about marriage? I mean, marriage is a beautiful thing, except for when it's not. 
I mean, even the happiest marriages in the world still have to deal with arguing over, you know, bad moods and bad hair and bad breath. Dirty dishes, dirty towels, and dirty kids. You know, it's, it's all kinds of things that you're wrestling with. All the time, there's finances, and it's just hard. Why does it have to be so hard? Oh, and then maybe you're blessed with the birth of children. That's easy, right? I mean, you know, you're so excited when they get there, and then 18 years later, you're so excited when they leave. <laughs> It's difficult. Even things that deal with our faith are not exactly a Sunday afternoon drive. I mean, two weeks ago, we went on a Sunday afternoon drive, didn't we, Deborah? Well, she was driving the bus. We had seven kids with us going to the other side of Atlanta. It's a three-hour and 45-minute drive. No big deal. It took six hours. <laughs> and while we were there... We were in Georgia, so, you know, it was nice and cool. <laughs> and, and, oh, how's your poison ivy doing there, Deacon Deborah? I have a little bit, but that poor woman, she is poison ivy. I mean, and we were doing that for Jesus. Oh, and then we came back, you know, same trip, three hours and 45 minutes. Oh, no, I was driving that time. It was three, six and a half hours on the way home. You would think that God would part the traffic if we were working for him, right? He parts the Red Sea. He should have just parted the traffic. But no, you got all the morons driving down the shoulder of the road thinking, oh, we'll cut in front of everybody. Sinners, that's what they are. But, but why does it have to be so difficult? Even faith things, even things of our faith are hard to do. Right? I mean, why? Why does it have to be that difficult? Well, in the letter that we heard from, from Hebrews, they were probably asking that same question. Because it was written to a bunch of mostly converted Jews that were really struggling. Being converted Jews meant that they were then outcast in their own families. Many of them feel, felt like they had that their families felt like they had turned their back on them by believing in Jesus. They had been turned away from the temple, from their synagogues. But worst of all, they were under attack. During this point in history, Emperor Nero, who was over the Roman Empire, had done something kind of strange. He was a little off in the head, and he had burned down a, a great deal of Rome. By accident, I guess, but in order to skate his way out of it, he blamed it on the Christians, which meant that now Christians were under heavy persecution. They were being fed to lions. They were literally being strung out on the sides of the road and used as torches to light the, to light the roads at night. If you were Christian, you were not safe. If you were Christian, there's a good chance that you would be martyred. And this was the recipient of this letter. So why was it so difficult for them? You know, they were the ones who believed in Jesus. They're, they're the ones who had faith. Well, that's why chapter 11 begins by talking about faith. Actually, uh, defining it. It says... Now, faith is an assurance of things hoped for, 
the conviction of things not seen. The, the assurance of things hoped for. Now, hope is not like this pie in the sky by and by kind of thing. It's not like, oh, I hope I get this for Christmas. No, hope is trust. Hope is knowing that something's going to happen. And the convictions of things not seen, even though they didn't know God or, or hadn't seen God in person, they believed. They had faith. They trusted in the promise. And in order to understand this further, the author goes on to give examples. And what we heard about is the example of Abraham. Abraham, one day, minding his own business, God shows up and says, Hey, I know you got it great here, but I need you to pick, pack up all your stuff and all, all your people and family, and I need you to move and go to where I tell you to go. And so, because of his faith... Abraham did just that. He packed up everything and went because he was promised, you will be the father of many nations. You will have descendants so many that you won't even be able to count them all. It's like the sands on the beach. It's like the stars in the sky. And so trusting in this and having faith, Abraham went as God commanded. And so he went places that weren't safe for him. He went into to, to foreign lands and places that wouldn't accept him. In fact, twice he actually told the people that his wife was his sister so that they wouldn't kill him so they could take her. It wasn't an easy path. In fact, it even says if they would have been able to turn around and go back, they would have. But because of faith, they kept moving forward. Kept moving forward. Even though they got to the point that this promise of being the father of many nations, well, it didn't look like it was going to pan out so well because both of them were so old, they weren't having kids anymore. It looked like this God who had made this promise wasn't going to be, come good on that promise. But you know what? He did. Sarah did get pregnant. And then when things seemed to be going well, God shows up and says, Oh, I want you to sacrifice that one son of yours that you have. And by faith, Abraham was even willing and, and ready to do that. But of course he didn't. But now what we don't have is the rest of chapter 11, where, where the author proceeds to go through not just Abraham, but he tells the story of many other heroes of the faith. He talks about Noah. He talks about Moses. He talks about David. He talks about a lot of the prophets. He talks about all of them. And why? Because they're heroes of the faith? Because they had it easy? Because their path was just paved with gold? No. He talked about these people because A, they were normal. They were flawed human beings. They made mistakes. They sinned. They did things that weren't all that respectable. But they had faith. They kept the faith. Now, did that mean things went swimmingly for them? Was it easy? Quite the contrary. Never was it easy. In fact, many of them never even saw the outcome of their work. You know, which makes it interesting then. Has, has you ever been in a situation that somebody told you, you just got to have faith? You need more faith. Or have you ever heard in the midst of tragedy, if they would have had more faith, then things would have been okay? You ever heard that? That's not what this says here. In fact, what it says is, having faith doesn't make everything okay. Having faith means that you believe that in the end it will be. 
You believe that in the end, God is still in control. That in the end, you know that, that God's got this. That, that you are in God's hands. That no matter how bad it gets, no matter how much you mess up or the people around you mess up, in the end, God is still victorious. And we know this because Jesus Christ came and gave his life and was raised from the dead so that we can have life eternal. Look, it's not an easy path that we're walking on. That's never been promised. But what we do have the promise of is salvation. We have the promise that God will be victorious in the end. Look, this past Friday, I celebrated my 22nd anniversary of being ordained. I've been in four different congregations, and, and all four of them have been very different. But all four of them have had struggles. The first congregation I was in was a very small church, and it struggled to get new members. Oh, it, you know, they, they, they continuously had been shrinking for decades before I arrived there. And so every time a visitor was there, it was like they were mobbed by all the 25 people that were there. Please don't ever leave, you know. And, and they struggled to get volunteers for things. And they basically struggled to survive. And then the next church I went to, it was quite the opposite. It was one of the fastest growing churches. Well, it was probably the fastest growing Lutheran church in South Carolina at the time. We had 30 visitors pouring in. But at the same time, they had their struggles too. With all those new people, they struggled to adjust to that. In addition, they built a whole new building that, you know, $4 million. That's easy to pay off. And so they were dealing, struggling financially. And then the next church I went to, they, they were a very healthy church, a very wonderful church. But they struggled to move forward. Things were so nice where they were. Moving forward was scary. And now at Pisgah, and well, Pisgah, it's perfect. I mean, let's be honest. We're all here. But... No, what Pisgah dealt with is what everybody else has. This little thing called COVID, where things were going great, and all of a sudden we had to close down, and we've struggled for people to start coming back, and giving has changed, and, and worship has changed. Everything has, is different than it was two years ago. It's difficult. Why is it so difficult? And in the end, we find ourselves... Dejected, depressed, dumbfounded, devastated. Except for faith. Because faith carries us through. The same faith given to us at baptism is what makes it happen. But see, faith is confused by a lot of us because we think faith is something that we have. Faith is inside of us. But see, faith isn't what we have. Faith is what we do. Faith isn't that it lives in us. It comes out of us. That's what faith is. Faith moves us to action. In all of those examples of people of the faith in, in the book of Hebrews, it says what they did through faith. Because of their faith, they moved forward. Because of their faith, they followed God. Because of their faith, they trusted you see, faith is a powerful force. It's the most powerful force that we have. And when we put that together, when we work together through faith, amazing things can happen. All the issues in our world, all, all the problems that we may face in our lives, through faith, we move forward. Now, that doesn't mean it'll be easy. It doesn't mean things will work out perfectly. But it means that in the end, 
we are in God's hands. In the end, we have a God who is faithful. In the end, we know that no matter how bad it is here, that it will be glorious when we're with him. But in the meantime, do faith. Don't just have it. Don't just worry about the faith that's in you. Let the faith out of you. Share your gifts to show God's love and change the world. Amen.